0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW report Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Well,
1: good morning, everyone. This is Stuart Crawford coming to you from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And this is Small Business IT Radio on the Blog Talk network. BlogTalkRadio.com is a great way for you to get online with your podcast, your webcast, and start broadcasting to the world in about 5 to 10 minutes of uh, clicking through a few screens on your uh, computer browser. You can uh, visit www.BlogTalkRadio.com for more information on how to get started today with Radio. Again, this is Stuart Crawford, and this is Small Business IT Radio. And we are broadcasting from Calgary today, and it's a beautiful November day here um, as we uh, get prepared for the blast of winter to come down from the north here uh, over the weekend. We're joined today by Jim Estill from Cinex Canada. Jim is the CEO of Cinex, and we're going to talk about uh, nichemanship, or nichemanship, however you want to pronounce it, uh, and uh, how, as a reseller or a small business partner, we should be concentrating on and focusing on what our niche is in the marketplace and from some of the strengths that can bring and how it can benefit your business. And Jim is joining us uh, today from Connecticut. Uh, so we uh, welcome Jim uh, to the program this morning. And Jim, uh, how are things going with you today?
0: Very well, thanks.
1: Great. And thank you again once again for uh, taking some time out of your morning there to, uh, to join us on the, on the program. So Jim, maybe for those that don't, are not aware of who Jim Estill is and the things that you do and you know, what your career looks like, I know you started uh, basically out of the trunk of your car a few years back, and uh, you built EMJ up to uh, the point where Phoenix uh, and uh, EMJ uh, merged and, or formed uh, one entity. But maybe you can recap some of your, uh, some of your highlights in your career and uh, so we can get uh, to know Jim a little bit better. Sure.
0: Well, as you said, I started selling computers from the trunk of my car, and um, over a 25-year period, built that up to $375 million in sales. Um, so we became a fairly large um, distributor, but through that time, many, many of my competitors were dramatically larger than we were. We were competing with distributors which were 10 times our size, or uh, if you took their worldwide volume, would be uh, 50 times our size. So I started um, focusing on niches, and that's how I was able to thrive and survive as EMJ. So that's why I'm sort of passionate about uh, nichemanship, my assumption is many of your listeners are uh, running smaller businesses, competing with businesses which could be uh, many, many times their size.
1: That's right. And as we see um, in the market today, especially in the small business space, the big box retailers or online distributors are are starting to come down and identifying opportunities in the small business market. So it's even more important today for the small business IT professional or the owner of a small business consulting firm to, really pick a niche market and, and become the expert in that niche market. And I'm sure many of us can identify niches in our own territory that we can really pinpoint our focus on and thrive in that market. So, Jim, you have uh, six areas of focus, I guess you can call it, around nichemanship and areas that we should be concentrating on. And i picked this up off your blog site, and I want to just kind of a little plug for your blog uh, JimEstill.com, Jim J-I-M-E-F-T-I-L-L.com, and you can sign up there for the uh, the news blast when you post up there, which is which is great. And we actually were talking about it at one of our meetings last night, Jim. We had a few of the the people there that attended your session you did here in January, I do believe, uh, at lunch, that were just commenting on uh, some of the qualities of your post. So a little plug for your for your blog there, and it's one of those recommended blogs for people to go see. Well, let's let's talk about uh, nichemanship and what as uh, us as a reseller or a VAR or a small business specialist, what should we be looking for, Jim? Now, one of the things I picked out number the first one was uh, about just being who you are, or being personal. Uh, can you expand on that one area there?
0: Well, being personal can definitely be a niche, and the key is if you're competing with companies which are bigger than you, it tends to be tough for them to be personal. And so uh, and, and I advocate networking, network and do things that, uh, in areas that, that you like to do so it becomes natural. But people tend to buy from people they know and like, and uh, that's one area that a small business can always be a bigger business on is the being personal.
1: So you have a, uh, an example in your career, Jim, where that's benefited uh, you as a business owner or as a, you know, the CEO of Cynix?
0: Well, sure. I mean, it, it, one of the challenges I have because I've been in business for so long and I know so many people, I've networked with so many people that I actually get a lot of communication. But I'll have people who I haven't talked to for a year and a half who will uh, call me or email me for, uh, to buy uh, for prices on computers or to get information on computers um, simply because I've networked with them over the years. Uh, This is another one where length of business helps. The longer you're in business, the more people you network with, the more deliberate you are with your networking, the more it works. I know myself, um, I like to uh, um, go to the restaurant where the person uh, recognizes me and uh, says hi to me as opposed to uh, going to the chain where I would be simply another number uh, buying my lunch. And I, I think we all have personal examples where we see that. We follow that buying behavior, so why would your customers not do the same thing?
1: Well, that's, so it's a natural,
0: natural competitive that, advantage.
1: That's what, that is what, what people buy from, from those that they, they trust and have a relationship with. I think you mentioned uh, that a few minutes ago.
0: Exactly. It, what, what we're looking in yeah. niches, we're looking to develop competitive advantage. And uh, um, being personal can be a competitive advantage. It can be a competitive advantage that the big guys can't have.
1: Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And uh yeah, we see that even uh going to buy um going to buy milk at the at the store. You can go to the big chains and you just basically go in there, you grab your milk and you take it through the uh the till and and the transaction's done. Or you can go to the small store that they strike up a conversation with you, they look after you, they ask you, you know, ask you questions about, you know, if there's anything else they can help you with. And I mean that's a simple example, but I think if we relate that back to being a VAR or a reseller, can we stop and think uh, of examples where we've just, you know, done, done the transaction and that was the end of it, never to hear from that, uh, that potential client or examine other opportunities in that? Or do we operate like the, like the boutique or the corner store? where We actually get to know our, our, our customers, our clients, and the advantages that evaporating. So I think if us as spars can look at that and, uh, and realize you know, that going a little deeper with our client base is, uh, is beneficial. Uh, do you have anything else to add to that, Jim?
0: Uh, the only other thing I could add is you can actually deliberately network and recognize the more people you know and the more people, more people who know you, the more apt they are to buy from you over time. And my advice on networking is to network in groups that you want to be a member of and you enjoy. So if you like doing Toastmasters, then do Toastmasters. If you like playing hockey, then play hockey. If you like going to church, then go to church and do it naturally. Um, and it, it is simply a competitive advantage that you can deliberately work on. Get out there, be known, be seen, and uh, know other people. Treat them personally, and you'll win.
1: Exactly. Well, I mean, networking is very uh, close to my heart from how I built the uh my business here in Calgary as well. And that's a good segue into the next uh, area, Jim, that I want to kind of address with you. But before we do that, I just want to uh, invite uh, people listening live to us today that we do have a call-in number if you have any questions. You can dial 646-716-8372. Again, it's 646-716-8372. And if you have any questions or something you want to ask, Jim or myself, uh, we will uh, I'll take your call live uh, on the program here today. So, Jim, we, we got uh, before we get into the next piece, so I kind of had my train of thought just shift a little bit. Networking, you mentioned, is very important. Uh, any, any immediate tips or tricks you mentioned, you know, being doing naturally, but anywhere that you would recommend, you know, a new starter, to, you know, if they want to get into networking, maybe a quick some do's and don'ts.
0: Well, when I, I think that, first of all, I wouldn't recommend being too aggressive in your networking in that you don't go to people and then shove cards in their face and say, buy from me, buy from me, or else nobody will ever buy from you. You simply are nice and listen more than you talk and get to know people. The more people know you, the more they will buy. The other thing in networking is you, ideally you want to network with potential customers. So partly, I say pick a group that you are interested in, but partly pick a group of potential customers. So um, that's another strategy. I always look to add value also. The more value I can add without expectation of return, the more return I actually tend to get over time.
1: And one of my tips I can recommend to some folks on on networking is, uh, really hits on your last topic there, Jim, was... uh, I always look for resources that I can share with my existing client base. So if I go to a Chamber of Commerce breakfast or a and i meeting and I get all these cards and I want to learn exactly who does what. So if I'm sitting with a client and they address a concern, be it office furniture or technology related, or I even uh, introduced a person to help one of my clients with getting their neon signs fixed, is... Understand what your people that you're networking with do so you can help share the wealth with them. And in, that's this, if you have a good database of folks that you network with, when you're in that meeting with a client and they, uh, you know, just mentioned something oddball, you say, well, I know a guy that can help you here. You know, do you want me to introduce you or facilitate something around there? You become the superstar with your client. You're helping your networking friends out. And in turn, so besides getting the superstar status with your clients, Your networking people are going to feel obligated now to uh, share the wealth with you. You help them, they're going to help you. If you you scratch my back, I'll scratch your type philosophy. Uh, Chamber of Commerce are a good place to go. There's all kinds of uh, private networking clubs. Jim mentioned even church or hockey or whatever are good places to get started. But, Jim, you mentioned a few minutes ago uh, picking an area of expertise, and I think that leads right into our next uh... topic about uh... you know finding your vertical market that uh... really uh... gets into uh... you know drilling down even better into uh, determining your niche and you know you mentioned you know reading trade journals that have, you know in the businesses that you're you're focusing on so for example we're we focus on the oil and gas market so we read the oil and gas trade journals we go to the oil and gas trade shows um, we invested all the you know all this resources into understanding the business, but Jim, how important is understanding the vertical market to uh, successes of our?
0: Well, clearly, the more you understand your market, the better you, more success you'll have. the The reason I suggest specializing in a vertical market is the more you sell to a specific market, the better you get at at doing it. And so, if you've done twenty installations in the oil and gas market the 21st installation, or even if you've only done six, the seventh is a lot easier than someone coming in cold. You'll speak the right language. You'll recommend the right product. You'll do the installation faster, easier, better. So that can give you a, comp- a significant competitive advantage, and that's what we're seeking here. Where are areas that you can have a competitive advantage? And if you have done a lot of installations that are substantially similar, uh, and you've talked about the economies of marketing, you can buy a list of people in the oil and gas uh, uh, industry, you can go to the trade shows, read their trade journals. Everything becomes easier if you have a, a, a vertical niche
1: well, I like what you mentioned about speaking their language. I think that 's critical, and I think that 's where I see a lot of uh, people struggle in the i t industry is that they can speak the technology language very very fluently and with no uh, no challenges at all. However, where they stumble is trying to speak transportation, for example, and that translation of technology to transportation as an industry, for example, uh, they lose the the meaning or the the words just don't seem to come out right. Jim, do you have any uh, recommendations for success in, in what you have done to understand the language of the vertical markets that you shoot for?
0: Well, the way I chose the vertical markets that we went into was look at the markets. We were having some traction or some success, and then we simply started to tell people we were specialists in that, and we started reading the trade journals and started learning uh, about the industries and, and focused some time and energy on them. Now, what would happen is we would actually do that in uh, half a dozen areas and find out that one of them worked out to be great, and uh, the other ones didn't. But that's okay, too. That's part of what uh, entrepreneurship, small business, finding your niche is all about try a few different things, figure out which one sticks. But uh, it's not not actually that tough to do. It's a lot easier to do than you think. There's very few of your competitors will be reading three trade journals on a specific uh, niche and going to a trade show from a specific niche and calling on eight customers from the same uh, area. And once you've even done that little amount of work, you will be much more expert than the person who's making their first or second or third call in that uh, field.
1: Now, Jim, you you you're an avid blogger and you do a lot of blogging on technology and in management of time and leadership in around when it comes to, you know, time leadership and that's what the title of your blog is. But would you recommend to a VAR who's developing their niche that a blog would be a good way to, you know, help get their uh, you know, help identify the vertical market up there? What, what are what are CEOs of small businesses and and maybe mid sized market are are they going to blog for You know, finding the industry expert?
0: A blog is an excellent way of doing it. Now, a blog you can't do, as you know, Stuart, unless you like to write, unless you're fairly good at it, and you're willing to be committed to it. So this is not for the half-hearted. If you'd like to write, then do it, and you still have to be somewhat disciplined or else you can spend all your time blogging and none of your time actually selling product. Um, But it would absolutely build your expertise if you were to blog within a uh, a vertical niche. I don't think that people are actually going to do that much searching and search you out because of your blog, but having your blog makes you the expert. So as you mentioned blog, time leadership, I do a lot on time management tips and how to be more efficient and all of that kind of stuff, so I attract a readership of that. But most people don't find me by searching for that. I go introduce them and then I you know, tell them this is what I do. Then they follow. So it's just, blog is just one part of your marketing strategy.
1: Yeah, again, it's one one I call it one of the clubs in your golf bag of marketing uh, tips and and success uh, ways to get successful in marketing. So exactly. But, our,
0: but it build it would definitely build your expertise, your perception of expertise, which is what you need to do to sell within a vertical.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So we we're, we got we got we're personal, we've developed that skill, we've picked the vertical market. And the next thing Jim you mentioned is to be an IT department for be uh, I an outsourced IT department for smaller companies. Most of us uh, as VARs and refellers are, are they are doing? Are we still product focused? Or, uh, I mean, I thought uh, most of our the trend in the market actually was switching to that. Uh, but obviously, may, is there some more work to do around that area of the uh, of the business?
0: Well, the talk that I was doing that I was bringing up these points uh, in the article I wrote was targeted to small VARs and systems integrators and look at where is a good niche. Well, one niche is to be the outsourced IT department for a small-medium business because a small-medium business can't afford to have a person full-time. And if they do have a person full-time, that person generally isn't that good at everything because they don't see enough of the same sort of uh, network installations and stuff like that because they're only doing one network installation every three months or six months. So I've seen also many of my VARs and systems integrators that have been successful by outsourcing that IT function for their customers. And there's a huge need for their customers because customers don't know how to install their new software and their new uh, wireless network and their new uh, uh, computers, and they need someone to do that. It's also a niche that, again, uh, being a smaller company, you can compete highly effectively against a large company. You're simply not going to have the large um, uh, retailers competing much with you in that.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, and that's, I, I understand that uh, completely because we focus focused our business that way over the last seven years. But, Jim, not to get too much off-topic here, but maybe I can solicit some of your, your feedback on, on this topic. And it, it is about being in, know, an IT outsourced, uh, outsourced IT department for smaller business. Do you see uh, in your day-to-day involvement with Cinex that there is a shift moving from a box pusher or a product salesperson or companies company that's focusing on building systems, too, um, understanding business process, the importance of uh, services like collaboration or storage. Are you starting to see a shift within your customer base at Phinex? Uh
0: I would say absolutely. The customers that are successful are the ones that uh, are specializing in some area, which is part why, partly why I'm... Uh, saying, uh, you know, pick your niches and and, uh, sell within niches. Because if you're trying to compete, quite honestly, with a a large retailer that's not necessarily adding that much value, um, you'll still have your head handed to you if someone's just saying, well, gee, your printer's uh, $20 more than I can get it uh, at the big retail shop. And uh, so I encourage you to say, yes, but it's not really the, the printer. You're buying the expertise. And uh, and running that whole function, and then that actually ends up with quite a savings for the small medium business. In the end, you're trying to figure out where can you add value, and people uh, understand that you're adding value and be willing to pay you for that.
1: Exactly, that's um, it's when you're when you've got the the blocks in place to develop your niche market. Uh, I I believe that competing on price goes away, and you know as as VARs and you know system builders and small business specialists. We really don't want to be playing that uh, that game of competing on price because we have our you know life to put on the food to put on the table, our business to run, and we want to uh, maximize our margins as a, as a reseller or system builder or, again small business specialist. But Jim, you kind of you mentioned the word specialized in there, and this gets into the next topic about uh, specializing in a brand. Uh, I think it's, I think personally, I thought it was very it's critical to have. A set amount of brands. If it's you know a, a certain brand of hardware, or a certain brand of firewall, a certain brand of software that you specialize in, uh, do you see a shift moving that way, or what? What are your comments around uh, on around specializing? That you can uh, enlighten us with.
0: Well, my my fourth tip was actually specializing in a brand. Um, really, the whole thing about nichemanship is specialize. So you can specialize along you know, a vertical market, or you can specialize in a brand. The advantage of specializing in a brand is often the vendor will give you leads. Again, you'll become more proficient. If you've installed half a dozen of a particular product, installing a seventh is easy. Um, and to a certain extent, if you're a small reseller, you can also pick brands that aren't necessarily available at a, a major retailer because you can always say that your product is different than uh, someone else's product if it's a different brand. It's very, very tough to say, your uh, HP printer is better than the HP printer that you can get uh, from CBW uh, you know, or someplace, right?
1: Well, exactly. I mean, this, uh, a product like that is pretty much comparable. However, you can pick a specialized brand or even specializing in you know, your service around that brand.
0: Oh, uh, exactly. You'll
1: definitely, uh, win some business.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could still do uh, a mainline brand as a specialty, um, if you're installing something and you've installed it so often, you get good at it, you learn how to use all the features and, and get the maximum out of the features, that's a huge value for your customers because many customers never are able to get the value out of the features. And if the, the manufacturer, if you are in touch with the manufacturers, the manufacturers recognize that you're adding that value, they tend to be willing to pass you leads and uh, uh, work with you and give you a slight competitive advantage. And that's what you're seeking. It's just a slight competitive advantage, even if that is just getting a bunch of leads. But that's that's good. Even if the manufacturer is just recommending you, that's great.
1: So, I mean, specializing a brand is important. I can see the value there, Jim. And you you mentioned uh, a few times to go and work with the vendors and, and get leads from the vendors. One of the, the challenges I, I, I see with a lot of system integrators is, how do we get that traction with the vendors? It's okay to say, yeah, we're specialized in HP printers, but how do we let them know that we're the company, and let, H- let HP know that we're the company to deal with? Uh, you got any tips around that?
0: Well, largely it's uh, communication and communication and communication. So you just keep on letting them know that that's what you are and keep uh, in touch with them. And the more they see that you have success, the more the success breeds success. And, of course, you do have to do it with the right vendor. Because uh, you can think you are great because you sold uh, 4 installations for this particular vendor, but 4 installations, if they are installing 40,000, you are not going to get on their radar. Um, although, the interesting other thing about vendors is many vendors don't have resellers who are keen and active to follow up on leads. And uh, many, reseller, or many uh, vendors will simply respond to the fact that you ask. You simply say, Hey, I want to follow up on leads. Do you have I any leads? Um, and then get back to them and say, oh, I called these guys and here's the outcome and here's when the demonstration is, that you'd be amazed how few um, resellers do that with vendors, and vendors always need people to do that.
1: Yeah, that's right. And one of the things that uh, we have done, Jim, is we've implemented uh, win wires or customer success stories where we write about the you know, the particular pain for our, for our client and how we use the, the technology from our partners uh, to solve that pain, and we we share that with our vendors. We share that up on our website. So again, that's just one brick in letting our our vendor partners know. Hey, you know what? We can do this job. We know your technology, and uh, that's not a hard thing to do. It could even be something as simple as an email to them. However, the more detail you can give them and how you use the technology, of course, uh, will increase their awareness of you as a as a bar and just like blogging jim you have to do it uh, regularly you just can't do it once or twice or three times and hope you get some traction you really need to do it quite frequently and keep at it and even if it's the smallest of story the more more times you can do it the better uh the better your awareness or their awareness of you will uh, will be and i like that you know you, sometimes you have to over communicate with these vendors they're getting bombarded from all types of directions and uh, they need that communicate you need to constantly communicate with them and so we got the brand and we figured out you know, okay let's, we're, we got our HP printers and we're specializing in that um, the next thing is gym number five is specializing in the technology so where do we go with, uh, with specializing in the technology what kind of examples can you share with us
0: Well, again, specializing in a technology, the more of a specific technology you sell, the better you'll get at it, the more you'll know the products, the more you'll know how to install them, service them, the more knowledgeable you can be. So one example would be uh, barcode. Another example might be networking. Um, Another uh, technology would be everything Apple, for instance, where you sell everything around the Apple computer as well as the Apple computer. Um, The more you sell within a technology, the smarter you'll be within that technology. And uh, your customers value it because you can offer best of breed because you can say, oh, we've evaluated these for barcode printers and we think this is the one that you need, or this um, ID card printer. I have a bar that's very successful doing ID card um, technology. So it's sort of like a vendor, but it's vendor agnostic. You sell any vendor, and customers appreciate that as well.
1: Okay, so I mean, I, mean I, I understand all that. So you mentioned, for example, one thing you said was Apple becoming uh, everything Apple. Do you see a downside there, Jim, maybe if you are, speciali- are too specialized, though, and um, there's not a lot of demand for that, uh, that product or service?
0: Well, that's the constant balance we have in businesses, picking uh, niches which are big enough to make money on and not too small and too narrow. So that's the constant battle that we have. But one of the things I I call myself a business optimist. One of my business optimisms is even a small company can beat a big company, because big companies the markets can be too small to compete in. When I was doing EMJ, and let's say we were doing a, when we were doing 100 million, and our competitors were doing a billion, we could pick up a product line and do a million dollars. I thought, hey, that was a pretty good line for me to sell, and a pretty good area to be in where the uh, competitors would say a million dollars. We can't we can't do a million dollar line when when we're trying to do a billion dollars in sales. It's too small. So I encourage you, every reseller to look at what size they are, what can be their competitive advantages, and uh, one competitive advantage can be uh, specializing in a technology that maybe the niche is too small for the big guys, but as you mentioned, Stuart, if you're not careful it could be too small of a niche even for the reseller to make enough of a living on it.
1: Yeah, I still believe, Jim, sometimes, in you know, especially in the small business IT space that we're playing in. Is that we need to, you know, run with the pack, uh, so to say. So, over, you know, everybody's doing Microsoft desktops, Microsoft servers. We need to run with that pack. We also have to identify areas of uh, where we can be special specialized in. The, and that seems to be the code word today and the buzzword. You know, we specialize in a brand. Maybe it's HP servers running Microsoft technology, or maybe it's uh, you know how to run Windows SharePoint uh, as a as a technology but we're still running with the pack, but we have that unique service offering, I guess is the way that I would look at it. And I learned a lesson a while back, Jim, was that we're going to make a lot more money in this business being different than yes. trying to be better than everybody else. And that, I think that's what you kind of said there, is that you know, pick your niches and pick your areas of specialization, and if it's barcode printers or barcode readers or, and ID printers, whatever they are, you can see a huge, and you mentioned with AMJ that you picked up one, one product line that made you a million dollars, um, where the big guys would, wouldn't even look at it. Right. So then, what what we got for the next area here, Jim? We got our specialized in brand, specialized in technology, and the last area I had written down here was, uh, if my computer will catch up with me here, it's acting up. Oh, well, training. I mean, I mean, you. Plus well, the Yeah, you advocated being a con, uh, constant learner. Uh, and training and on the ser- and oh sorry do training and in installation services so that even takes us uh, beyond that outsourced uh, IT provider we're going a little deeper correct
0: exactly uh, I mean that could be another niche is training installation um, those sorts of things are tough for the big guys to deliver and can be a great niche that that tends to not be a very easy to scale business. Um, and so it's, it can be great for a smaller uh, independent reseller.
1: So digging a little deeper, and let's use my example of doing Windows SharePoint. We can sell SharePoint services and get it all set up. However, the next level would should be, you know, drilling down a little deeper and uh, and training our client base, because I think there's a lot of IT resellers out there that don't dig into the training component, they set the machine up on the desktop, and there they go, and say, there you go, have Adder, call us if you need anything.
0: Yeah, I mean, training and installation is an area that you can do, charge for, you're adding value, the customer needs it, wants it, um, and you're actually saving the, the customer money. That's all the reason to do it, and the big uh, uh, competitor that you're competing with cannot and does not offer those services generally. So um, it can give you a competitive advantage, and that's what this whole nichemanship is all about: is where can you be unique? As you said, you have figured out that you need to be unique in order to make money, um, and where can you have a competitive advantage?
1: That's that's perfect, Jim. So let's review um, the the six points here. We had number one would be personal, personal. Uh, number two is to pick a vertical market and go after that vertical market. Uh, number three for the system builders and people like that is to really to look at becoming the IT outsourced or outsourced IT department for smaller companies, which is really providing a well, all the a well, the services that uh, small business needs. Uh, number four was uh, specialize in a brand, pick a brand, and become the expert at it. Number five was to pick a technology and specialize in that, become the expert around uh, technology. And then number six was to, to offer training services, to offer insulation services, and offer you know services around that. Uh, a lot of these things, Jim, the big boys aren't doing today. You know, the, they're they're still traditional box pushers. Any anything you can add to those six points?
0: Uh, no, really, those were my basic six. And the basic thing is, look at what your competitors do well and don't do that. Look at what they don't do well and get into those areas. And also look at any specialization where you can do a lot of your costs will decline and you can tend to, uh, win against competitors, even if those competitors appear to have a lot more competitive advantage, even if they're a lot bigger, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Perfect, Jim. So, you know, um, I see, I see this as a great way to take our, uh, small business IT practice and, and really start to take off in the, in the market. Uh, What I find is a lot of IT providers, and, you know, when I talk about IT providers, I mean small business uh, providers like myself really try to be the be-all, end-all to their small business uh, clients. I mean, they're offering all the services that you could possibly think of. I kind of want to kind of touch base a little bit on partnering here, Jim, and nichemanship and partnering and how it all relates. Uh, What are your views on maybe, you know, Focusing on We talk about focusing on a, on a vertical market, but not maybe and partnering with others that have those skill sets to come in and complement what you're, you have decided to be your area of specialization.
0: Well, um, that's one of the things. If you're small, then sometimes you can't do everything. I think it's great to partner with other companies that can do parts that you can't do. And to a certain extent, you could even leverage off of someone else's name and reputation provided they're on board with that, and uh use their name and reputation to get you to allow you to make money on the small piece that you do, and many times the other companies' are more than willing to let you do that because that's not where their where their expertise is so I'm a big believer in uh in partnering
1: great i mean i uh, so am I. it's it's one of the things that we have done in our business to be uh success, and you know just to uh talk about partnering just a little more in depth here. There's partnering where you're helping each other uh, solve unique business needs. There's partnering where we're sending leads back and forth. And the next level of partnering where it gets often overlooked is the whole idea of partnering with peers for knowledge sharing, information sharing, business uh, process sharing. and just how we do business. So if um, if if you haven't seeked out a peer group yet or a group like that where a bunch of peers can just get together and talk about business, I highly uh, uh, recommend it. I'll just put a little plug for the peer group that I belong to. If you go to www.htgmembers.com, H-T-G for Heartland Tech Groups, members.com, uh, you can read about all the peer groups that we belong to. And I highly recommend, uh, if you're a small business IT provider, to uh, seek out a peer group that you can belong to in, in partnering, and, it, and it's unbelievable uh, the benefit that you can get from something like that. Uh Jim, just one last question about partnering and and maybe peers and get some of your insight on peers. What have you done in your career to leverage uh, some of the knowledge of your peers? And and did you find that contributed to your overall success?
0: Well, absolutely. I think if you uh, know everything, then you will soon go bankrupt. And uh, what you need to do is surround yourself with a lot of people who know more than you and know what they know and then uh, when you in, end up in a situation, then call people that you uh, you know. So I also have uh, been a member of uh, a peer group, and uh, I find it to be a great uh, um, addition to uh, what you do. One of the things about being an entrepreneur, uh, owner, depending on where you are in business, I, I mean, I generally was sole entrepreneur even after my company became public, uh it's tough. You can't talk. The people you spend all your time with are, are your employees, your customers, and your suppliers, and you can't necessarily talk to them about everything because there's some things you don't necessarily want them to know, where in a peer, true peer situation, you can generally share your uh, concerns and uh, you basically can become like a personal board of directors.
1: Well, that's right, because you become your virtual board, uh, board of directors, which is one of the, the strengths that we have Jim, I want to take uh, a few minutes here to thank you for uh, joining us uh, while you're on the road uh, today. Any last words of wisdom that you can share with us before we uh, end the program today?
0: No, I think that's it. Uh, it's a good session.
1: Great. Thanks, Jim, for uh, for joining us today. And uh, just for a quick uh, reminder for those that are listening, we will have next week, we're going to be joined by uh, David Cracky of SonicWall. We're going to be talking about the... Um, the importance of continuous data protection and how uh, we as resellers can uh, get into the market and offer this uh, service to our clients. And what do the market opportunities look like around uh, around continuous data protection and the importance in the market uh, for that? We'll have the details up on our website uh, fairly shortly at www.smallbusinessitradio.com. Again, at smallbusinessitradio.com, and uh, we'll have a complete schedule. Up and on the website for the in the next little while. I have to apologize for uh, some of the lack of content on there. I've been traveling for the last six or seven weeks, and uh, just like anything that we do as a as a hobby or for fun, like this program is, uh, business sometimes get in the way. So we're a little bit behind schedule, and but we're going to get back on track here. And Jim, I want to thank you very much for uh, taking time out of your morning to uh, to join us. So and, well, visit our website at www.smallbusinessitradio.com. Uh, sign up for the alerts today And we'll, you'll get alerted when new things are added To the, to the uh, website And uh, I always welcome Comments, feedback on our program You can reach me directly by dialing Area code 403 710 4357 Or you can drop me an email at Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T At Stuart And we'll get the uh, uh, emails here And, we'll, and uh, see what we can do Again, this is Stuart Crawford signing off today for uh, Small Business IT Radio. And check us out next week in time uh, on uh, blogtalkradio.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: A laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.